The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, it's been a busy week with electoral reform, uh, more TDs, of course, and some winners and some losers on the political spectrum. I'm uh, joined now from Oxford by the Thonishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs and Minister for Defence, Michal Martin. Uh, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Um, I'm actually in London this morning <laughs> before I head to Oxford. Uh, I'm calling into the London Irish Centre uh, to, to um, review their plans and to meet representatives of the Irish communities. Uh, as you know, I was in Spain during the week for the Foreign Affairs Council and the Defence Minister's Councils. But I want to take the opportunity of congratulating you on 10 years uh, of Pat Kenny on News Talk uh, and an um, extraordinary record of broadcasting. And um, I, pay, I pay tribute to you and well done and here's to 10 more years. <laughs> so say all of us. Um, now, uh, 10 years, 10 very turbulent years, but we'll uh, maybe talk about the recent turbulence and not too much political turbulence in the wake of the Electoral uh, Commission giving its findings, although a report in one of this morning's newspapers that in Clare, they're very unhappy because they think um, they have uh, too many people per TD and there might be a court challenge. What say you? Well, I hope there will not be a court challenge. Um, I, I think the Electoral Commission, it's a first in Ireland that we've established on a statutory basis an Electoral Commission. It's something that I was passionate about coming into government, that we would get that done to get all matters pertaining to elections on a proper statutorily independent basis. Um, and I believe that the Commission has been relatively conservative in terms of its approach to um, the, the electoral boundaries and the increase in TDs, uh, and I think correctly so. Uh, and I think the average is, is right in terms of the, the average number of people that TDs will represent across the country. There's a reasonable balance there. It's impossible to get it perfect. And I believe um, that um, they've done a good job in this respect. Um, undoubtedly, for some, it will create significant pressures, as all electoral boundary changes do. Uh, and I'm conscious that many, quite a number of colleagues and, uh, will be under pressure as a result of constituency boundary changes. Others quite happy with the changes in terms of how they perceive it from an individual perspective. From the overall public interest, um, the population is increasing significantly in Ireland, and I think that does have to be reflected in our electoral setup and in the, in the representation in, 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 in Leinster House in, 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 in particular. Yeah. Do you think, though, we need uh, to have a look at the Constitution? Because if the inevitability, and speaking to uh, Justice Marie Baker on the programme, um, she was saying the expectation is at current rates of increase, uh, there will be a need for maybe two extra TDs per year going forward. So where do you stop? 200, 210, 220? Well, I, you know, this is something we can review in, in, at a later stage. I'm, I'm always reluctant um, to go down the road of saying uh, let's call politicians or let's uh, restrict because I think we should celebrate our democracy. Um, no, I mean that genuinely, Pat, because I've, I've just come from the Foreign Affairs Council where I had a presentation from the Foreign Minister of Niger, which has just endured a coup d'etat and the extraordinary devastating situation across the entire Sahel with Gabon and other uh, coup d'etat uh, four or five in the last number of years. And I just say that because, you know, we're 100 years of democracy, but political representation matters. Uh, I think we have a, a particular features of our democracy whereby public representatives are close to people, people are close to public representatives. There's an access there that at times people criticize, but at another level means, I think, a, a sort of a closeness whereby politicians don't lose the run of themselves, or if they do, the people won't be long 
telling them that uh, through the ballot box. So there's a balance here to be struck. Um, I, I always remember when there was proposals to abolish the, 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 the Shannon as a public representative being appalled at a poster up on the polls that said, vote yes and uh, reduce the number of politicians. And I said, in the democracy, that, that, that's not a great look about that. Um, but I take your point in terms of over the next number of, in the next decades, for example, if population continues to increase, and I believe it will, um, then obviously there is always space for reflection. And again, the Electoral Commission is there in the first instance, I think, to do that uh, and to do proper research into it uh, and, and, and to facilitate informed decision-making then as a result of that research. Now, something that is within the gift of the Oireachtas would be to create six-seaters. It doesn't require constitutional change. Does that recommend itself to you? Because, you know, small parties have a chance of getting uh, a TD elected in a, a large constituency, a five-seater. We've seen many no-hopers uh, finally get home on the last. If you'd six, uh, maybe you'd have a, a more representative sample of people in a constituency uh, in six-seaters or even seven-seaters. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. I, I mean, uh, generally speaking, uh, the multi-seat proportional representation system, uh, I, I think, has a lot of positives. I've referenced the closeness, the, the proportionality in terms of representation. Uh, different uh, aspects of society or different viewpoints get represented in the parliament. So, yes, six-seaters would facilitate a broader spread of representation. On the other hand, it can lead to um, um, uh, increased fragmentation within the overall parliament. And so the balance has to be struck where reasonably coherent governments can emerge from an electoral system as opposed to uh, excessive fragmentation, which could make the formation of government difficult. And I think that is the balance in the Irish situation. So yeah, far, we've it, managed it. took it. quite a while the um, last time uh, for the government of yourselves and uh, Fine Gael and the Green Party to be assembled. Uh, you know, the numbers, if the polls were to be realised in a general election, the numbers would favour Sinn Féin to be the largest party forming a government. Um, that might leave it open to your party to coalesce with them. You set your face against that before. Do you still set your face against that possibility? Well, two points there. I don't accept your sort of reading of the polls in terms of, in terms of Sinn Féin being in government or being the leading party in government. I mean, it's wide open if you look at the, because we do have a, a multi-party system in the Dáil now. Uh, you have three parties. But you know what well, I mean? Sinn they could be the biggest party and therefore would be, be given party, the job initially of forming a government. Do you know, and then if they fail, other parties would have a go. Yeah, but that's not the way our system works, Pat. I mean, we don't say that the party that has the largest number of seats gets the first task of forming a government. Um, I mean, we have a three-party coalition government now. It turned out Fianna Fáil were the largest the last time by one or two seats, but uh, we still, you know, there were still two other parties to be part of that government. I mean, I can recall in previous decades, Fianna Fáil would have been on 40-odd percent as the largest party and not in government, because other parties in the Doyle would have come together and formed a government, which was quite legitimate, um, because we have a multi-seat proportion representation electoral system. But that said, and your second part of your question is, uh, I believe there are very fundamental difference, differences between Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil in respect of the economy, uh, particularly the enterprise-oriented uh, nature of our economy, which I think Sinn Féin is instinctively negative towards and have been historically. The European Union dimension, where Sinn Féin have opposed every single treaty to do with the European Union, are still very critical of the, of, of the European Union and are not 
uh, and don't articulate a positive vision of view of, of Ireland as members of the European Union. Um, and, and, and more broadly speaking, um, I think on foreign policy areas more generally, Sinn Féin have taken some very odd positions historically uh, yeah. with, with, with um, you know, okay, but, but the, the, the quotation from you recently. Yeah. Sinn Féin cannot ride two horses, and, and this is in reference to the legacy of the Troubles and celebrating those who may have planted bombs uh, on the one hand and then embracing the whole idea of democratic elections on the other. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a variation on the Armalite in one hand and the ballot box in the other. I mean, what exactly did you mean by they can't ride two horses? What I mean by that is that the Sinn Féin very often will legitimately argue for um, investigations into unacceptable activities and killings by uh, British state forces uh, during the Troubles, but rarely come forward themselves in terms of giving closure to victims of provisional IRA violence. Uh, there's a film out in the last number of weeks, which I haven't seen yet, and Thomas Niedemar, for example, uh, the murder of a German industrialist in, in Belfast, which was quite savage, which had a appalling consequences for his family subsequently. Uh, I would recommend that people would watch that film when they get the opportunity. I think it's on our, uh, on our television channels in November and RT and, um, and I think it's worth watching. Why? Because I think we need to take the gun out of Irish politics once and for all and um, the degree to which Sinn Féin close up in respect of appalling atrocities committed by the Persian IRA is unacceptable, but worse, the narrative that is increasingly emerging of endeavouring to not just justify, but to celebrate this as some great war uh, to secure freedom uh, for, for people is, I think, reprehensible, and I think is doing damage uh, to relationships on these islands, uh, and they need to have a real hard look at that, because I think there's an inconsistency in pursuing correctly, in my view, legacy for uh, pretty clear cases of, 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 of wrong, wrongful and, 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 and killings and, and collusion and so on. But on the other hand, not owning up and not being responsible for the most heinous of crimes against civilians uh, and against many other people. We will have the Canova inquiry now hopefully being published. And I think that will reveal the sordid nature of how that entire provisional IRA campaign ended up. Um, and there needs to be a moment of truth there um, in terms of uh, – because I think younger generations need to know that violence is not a, uh, something that should be readily um, you know, considered or celebrated or, or, or that, that there should be any degree of triumphalism around or indeed uh, justification of when clearly justification uh, um, in and around um, what happened um, – uh, so many people in Northern Ireland who are the victims so, so, uh, of appalling am I, am I therefore, and murder and so on. You know? yeah. Am I therefore to correctly infer that your position on coalescing with Sinn Féin is still, as you said, that you would not see yourself in government with Sinn Féin ever? Well, I, 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 I've been very clear that I don't believe our policies are compatible, and I do believe that issue that we've just discussed is a fundamental issue that Sinn Féin needs to address. Um, I think Fianna Fáil will present itself to the next election with its policies, its priorities. Every other political party will do so. Uh, the people ultimately will decide. Um, and, um, you know, I think the current government, uh, in the teeth of some very severe crises, COVID-19, uh, the war on Ukraine, uh, the consequential inflation that has arisen from both of those major global episodes, yet I think we've managed to, to guide the country through. Uh, there have been huge challenges on people and pressures on people, but relative to other countries, 
size. Um, you know, Ireland has, has, I think, relatively performed well uh, in, in the context of those crises. And I think it'll be a very competitive election. I think we have, we, we have um, you know, a strong a narrative to present to the Irish people in respect of our stewardship uh, of the economy uh, and the fact that we're prepared to tackle uh, significant issues head head on. You will lead your party into that election and the Electoral Commission has been kind uh, to your constituency. Uh, You've got an extra seat which makes all of the three senior ministers probably feel uh, more comfortable for their own fate, whatever about bringing in, you know, for Simon Coveney, the expectation that he should bring in a a running mate. We'll we'll park that one. um, but it, should Again, you not? Before you park it, before you park it, that, <laughs> uh, sometimes we politicians and pundits and we, 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 we become very abstract when we talk about constituency reforms and numbers. We're only safe when no one is safe and one should always respect the people and the electorate. And they have, you know, and I know uh, over the years, they've given many a surprise to many a candidate, irrespective of whether they're ministers or whatever. So I fully respect the constituents of Cork South Central. Uh, I think there's a natural realignment has occurred there in terms of Bishop on coming back in, in particular. Um, but um, there's nothing taken for granted going into the next election, I can tell you that. Okay. Now, sh- should you not be part of the next government uh, in whatever shape it takes? Uh, one of my texters wants to know, w- would you not run for president? You'd be great. <laughs> well, Pat, I'm going to take a leaf from your book, you know. Um, so I, feel, <laughs> I feel very young in politics, as you feel very young in broadcasting. And uh, so, um, I, look, I'm, I'm a very committed uh, politician, I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm very committed parliamentarian. So, the, the, the very clear view I have: when you lead a party into an election, you've got to fulfil your mandate. Um, and that would be my view to the people, irrespective of what the outcome well, is. Well, Michal Martin, Thonista Minister for Foreign Affairs and Minister for Defence, uh, thank you very much for joining us from London, uh, en route to Oxford this afternoon. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.